It's lights out and away we go. Welcome to the pit straight. I'm Jack Swansea, the host of the podcast that you're listening to right now, coming to you from just after the conclusion of the 2023 British Grand Prix, which saw Max Verstappen win his sixth consecutive Grand Prix ahead of Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton. If you want a full recap of this weekend's race, check out some of our great content at frontstretch.com, on Twitter at frontstretch and FS Open Wheel, and big news of the week, also on threads at frontstretch.com. That's the word frontstretch, the word dot, and the letters C-O-M. Instead, joining me to talk about something completely different is my co-host, dear friend, and personal hero, Alex Gintz. Alex, how are you this week? I'm fantastic, Jack. I'm I'm excited to to let loose and break outside of the box on this one. And also making his pit straight debut, the voice of Front Stretch's stock car scoop, the mastermind behind the column Real Racing, and hopefully the pit straight's equivalent of Shane Van Gisbergen, Adam Cheek. Welcome to the show, Adam. Are you ready? Uh, I think I am. That's high praise to live up to SVG, you know. So we'll see what happens. But thank you, Jack and Alex, for having me on. I'm excited. We're very glad to have you. And Adam, also listeners, if you're paying close attention to the paddock in Silverstone this week, you might have noticed that there were 11 occupied garage slots. That's right. The long-awaited Brad Pitt F1 movie has entered production. Directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who brought Top Gun Maverick to the screen. That's Adam fist pumping in the background. The film is set to star Brad Pitt and Damson Idris as fictional F1 drivers competing for a fictional team. Although... Pitt and Idris will, however, do some of their own driving uh, in modified Formula 2 cars prepared by Mercedes that will show up at quite a few races for the rest of the season. So my question to you boys is pretty simple. What do you want to see from Brad Pitt's F1 movie? Uh, I could name probably about 75 different things that I want to see from it. But uh, if we're going at a base level, uh, we're coming off of Top Gun Maverick, which Kaczynski directed last year. I've got the Top Gun shirt on that I bought for opening night last year, which I loved. I saw an IMAX three times. I saw it in theaters five times. I've seen it, I think, six times total. I think the thing that I want to see on a technical level is just portraying racing as it truly is. We saw in Top Gun that they developed a lot of camera techniques to put people and viewers really inside the cockpits of these fighter jets. And we've heard that they've been developing like 6K cameras and a system to put people inside the cockpit with Brad Pitt, Damson Idris, whoever else with this Formula One movie. But I think at a base level, I want a kind of, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out what the word would be, but a, a kind of portrayal of racing that we saw in Ford v Ferrari or Rush to an even better extent. I think those two movies did a really good job portraying the intensity and the kind of the onboard sense of racing for sure. But for this one, given all the technical craft that they're putting into it, I just want to see something that portrays racing realistically. I'm looking forward to the Gran Turismo movie, but we see a crash in that trailer that defies physics. That's not a thing that happened. So I just want something that's grounded, but also serves as a very intense portrayal of the sport. And I, I'm pretty confident we're going to get that. I mean, it's Brad Pitt. It's Joseph Kaczynski. I'm very excited. Yeah, so I watched Ford versus Ferrari again yesterday, um, and I, I actually liked it a little bit less than I did the the first time around, uh, because I noticed that in damn near every shot where a race car is on track, Christian Bale is passing someone in like the middle of a huge pack, um, and and it's it you know for someone who's watched a lot of racing as as the three of us have the you can tell that the weight of the cars when they're rendered in CG isn't really there. Um, but also sort of as a, the story weight of 
these significant passes that he makes uh, at the 24 hours of Auto Club Speedway, um, or the or or at Le Mans uh, on on the Ferrari at the end, it, they don't really feel that weighty, both because it's CG and because we've seen him pass a thousand cars ostensibly for position, because um, they haven't even told you that it's a multi-class race. Um, but so in racing in general, but particularly in F1, we think about drivers having to set up passes over several corners or entire laps. Um, and also they're, you know, rarely in the middle of a huge pack or totally, totally alone on the racetrack. Um, but because this is the creative team behind Top Gun Maverick, I think the as, as racing as an action sequence is all about communicating visually the geography of the scene of the cars relative to each other and to the track and if there's any creative team that can really get an audience to intuitively understand racing lines and breaking points i really do think it'll be the people who shot the dogfights and especially that canyon practice sequence from top gun maverick absolutely the geography <laughs> geography is a really good word when we discuss these scenes, um, I'm, I'm glad that Rush was mentioned because Rush was one of the first movies, 10 years ago, mind you, that actually put together racing sequences that looked coherent, that looked like we were watching the same race unfold in each shot. Um, you know, you, <laughs> Talladega Nights is probably the worst example of this. Lord, forgive me for slandering such a masterpiece, but there were scenes in Talladega Nights where they would they would go through the front stretch at Talladega come off of turn two at texas go back through the front stretch at rockingham and then they would come full circle and crash on the front stretch at talladega <laughs> and, and we were we were just insulted enough that it was insulting that we were expected to believe this and you know rush was one of the first films i saw that actually looked like it had that coherence and that respect for the for the sport it was portraying and if if we can just um you know, navigate that that uh that weightlessness and the gravity defying nature of some of these cars when they're being rendered digitally. Uh, we we I'll eat my hat when it happens, and I've been practicing filing my teeth to be able to chew up my Boston Red Sox cap in preparation for this movie. I'm that excited. And, and also, <laughs> one, one quick note that I wanted to make as well is I think you really need to nail like the human element because there is so much emotion and preparation and you know mental preparedness that goes into these races in real life and i think they got a good director to do that because talk on maverick has some fantastic you know emotional human moments uh and every i kind of look at uh the scene between tom cruise and Iceman, which you know obviously val kilmer has a lot of stuff going on personally where he wasn't able to do everything he probably would have been able or would have liked to but you bring in carrie condon who just got nominated for an oscar for the banshees of anna sharon uh, and you get Kaczynski to direct, and he did a movie called Only the Brave back in 2017. Highly overlooked. It's something I checked out on a whim, and the last 10 minutes of that movie absolutely rip your heart out. So I think they've gotten the right team together to uh, really excel on an on a technical level and a human level as well. Yeah, let's let's talk for a second about characterization uh because i think as again as we're coming from it from very much the racing side uh such familiarity with the sport we sort of innately understand the motivation of the characters involved uh particularly when they're you know based on real characters like in rush or just 
we're sort of familiar with what motivates a person to become a professional race car driver. Um, but that isn't inherent to a general audience. They might not understand why it means so much to fight for the Formula One World Championship. And so the challenge really with a racing movie can be communicating the character these lunatics with otherworldly skills de totally dedicated to the pursuit of something that they're statistically unlikely to achieve <laughs> and i mean and it's very difficult to do that in a way that isn't just cheesy dialogue um i think the only the, the first racing movie that i ever saw that really stood out in terms of trying to make it not you know oh trying to prove something to the distant father or trying to win the affection of of a love interest was the Wachowski's uh, 2008 Speed Racer movie, which I don't love the way a lot of other people do, but that is a movie that is fundamentally about what it means to be racing. But just can we go back to this lunatics with otherworldly skills totally dedicated to their pursuit? That's Tom Cruise. That's Tom Cruise in real life. Um, and that's also Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun Maverick. So I really, really do think, and I, I don't know if we're just hyping this movie up to an impossible level. I think that if you are going to have this, this character, it, it, these are the right people to, to do it. And this is a sort of uh, a character that has already been communicated effectively in other non-racing films. I agree. I agree really heavily that it is, at least from my personal experience, it's very difficult. You, I could sit down with somebody, and I, I tried to do this once in college, and it didn't work out very well, and make somebody watch the last two laps of Watkins Glen 2012 with Ambrose and Keselowski <laughs> flying off, you know, slamming off of each other and running off the track, and just leaving absolutely everything out on the circuit. And the response I got from this girl was, well, that was exciting for about two seconds. And um, I don't recall Speed Racer 2008 in great detail, which is a shame because I love the Wachowskis so much. But um, for whatever reason, aside from Rush, we can't really sing Rush's praises enough in comparison to all the other racing movies that exist. Um, driven with Stallone, I actually got the impression, as, as, as cheesy and difficult to take seriously as the rest of it was, it at least had it at least had characters that clearly had skin in the game, even if the game doesn't make sense to the general audience. And nonetheless, though, that was still walking on the line of cheesy dialogue and uh, serious dialogue. It was cheesy if you weren't a racing fan, and it was really serious if you were a racing fan. And you know. I probably watch movies the least out of the three of us here. I'm definitely the the least qualified on this panel we've put together. But um, that seems to me to be kind of a question that I really believe there's an answer to. I just can't quite seem to figure out how they can step around that, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm hoping that me saying that will lead you guys to, to teach me something about it. I, th I think you're onto something there in terms of, because I was looking at my list of all the racing movies I've seen, most of which are documentaries, which kind of sucks because there's a very small sample size of narratives like we're getting with this formula one movie but i think that you guys mentioned cheesy dialogue both of you and i think that's a thing that really comes across in a lot of them it's trying to find a line where you're not leaning too cheesy and you're not getting too mechanical in one note with it you're kind of finding that line of 
you want to explain why you kind of want to show why these guys are doing this but not in a way where you're just explaining it to the audience it's not just an exposition dump so um fingers crossed we don't get that i don't think we will uh but i'd say you know you kind of look at you know, ford v ferrari on some level the way matt damon and christian bale portray their characters and especially rush like you said we can't sing their praises enough for that movie you know, chris hensler daniel Bruhl, we understand their motivation and it's not it doesn't have to be spelled out for us and we see the drama that they go through with their teams with uh, with loud and ferrari where he's mad with the cars and james hunt with his wife i think you got to find that fine line where it's not mechanical it's not cheesy it's somewhere in the middle it's somewhere that makes them feel like real people but i will say with rush um i think i don't love it quite as much as the two of you do i think that movie gets significantly better after lauda's accident where the 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 characterization gets very very deep and you can tell that it, it, the thing that is is communicated is that each one sort of wants what the other has and and that was the thing that they found in the dynamic between lauda and hunt um in on top of their sort of different approaches to being racing drivers that i thought really really added that crucial depth to the characterization in that movie especially post Nürburgring that is I think the best sort of straightforward narrative racing movie we've got last thing I want to talk about is, is sort of before we before we do have to go is uh sort of just the plot of this movie something we haven't talked about yet at all uh, all we've been told is that Pitt is going to be playing a quote-unquote former world champion who comes out of retirement to mentor a young driver first off I love the idea of uh, Brad Pitt plays Fernando Alonso because uh, that that might be kind of what we have, but uh, it also does seem just because of the the logistics of them having this eleventh team that uh, it will be centered a around a relationship between two teammates, uh, which I think if you if you look at Senna, the the documentary from two thousand ten, is a really interesting potential for a, a uniquely F one story and also a, a deep relationship between two characters that'll change over the course of a movie. Uh, but I mean, what would you pull? Just open question to you. What would you pull from actual racing history as plot points for this movie? You know, Senna and Prost is a really good example. I think um, in recent memory, we have to talk about Hamilton and Rosberg too, because, you know, for, first of all, this former world champion coming in to mentor a younger driver, again, driven. Um, I, I hope that it becomes a little bit real more real world than that i mean can you imagine can you imagine uh mercedes uh, no, no let, let's say alpha tauri bringing back nico rosberg to mentor nick defries and then just using rosberg as a rolling roadblock so defries can win a race <laughs> off merit you know um we we can't have something like that because that doesn't again that doesn't take the sport seriously enough it's not it's not something that we would see in the real world however Aside from, aside from an instance like Senna and Prost in Suzuka with Jean-Marie Ballest just completely grabbing the political world of Formula One by the throat and wringing it like a towel in Prost's favor, um, other than something like that, it's going to be very hard for a film like this to break out of just being a basic "I don't like you, you don't like me, we're rivals" type story. I think, kind of. 
I'm expecting them, and I, I don't like saying this because it's just like, yeah, I don't want it to be Top Gun Maverick all over again, which I love that movie, but I don't want them to be the same kind of movie. But I see, I can expect them kind of going the mentorship route a little bit, but maybe a slightly less conflicted one. Obviously, in Maverick, you have, you know, Tom Cruise, Miles Teller. Miles Teller resents Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the elder statesman of this discipline. It feels like that's kind of Brad Pitt's role here, but it doesn't feel like there's as much conflict uh, in terms of the way the characters are being presented. I will say that we have some more, some interesting developments in terms of, uh, he said Javier Bardem is uh, a t the team owner. Uh, Carrie Condon is the technical director or something. So I feel like there's going to be more pieces moving there than just, you know, oh, it's Tom Cruise and all these guys are training under him. It's going to be more a bit more a bit balanced, I would say. But I just think that you have to pull some of those. Hamilton Rosberg is exactly what came to mind in terms of recent memory uh, and then Senna Prost as well. I'd also say you got to touch on, you know, maybe there's the element of a dominant driver like we've seen. We saw with Hamilton for several years over staff in the last few uh, and also kind of that backfield drama. A little bit it, it says on the espn article that the team is like near the brad pitt said the team's bottom in the standings or near the bottom in the standings so kind of working out of that hole with what you can i think is also an important part because general audiences who might see it just for brad pitt or just because it's an action movie or whatever might not fully understand the way that formula one is hierarchied and you have your top two three teams and then you have three or four teams in the middle and then a couple of teams fighting for the bottom. I will say I love the idea of having it set at a team that sucks. <laughs> I think that could be very, the and, and sort of communicating the high stakes of just keeping a team in business would be a, a version we haven't seen before. Although, I mean, with Brad Pitt, maybe it smells just a little bit like Moneyball. Mm -hmm. Um Hey, he's an Oscar but, winner. What's my time? Hollywood's yeah. great. Moneyball's great. And, I am all in regardless of what happens. No, Money, Moneyball is a great movie. I watched it in a statistics class in high school. Um, but so I, what I would do, what I would do is you start with, you start, the start of the movie is 2009. Is It's Braun GP. The team suddenly finds themselves really, really good. Then the rest of it's 2016 with a little bit of 2021 thrown in. Because you have these these two the the mentor character was was just brought in to to help this young driver but suddenly he's got a shot to win the world championship mm. I actually wouldn't wouldn't make him a former world champion I'd, I'd make him someone who got close but never could never could uh close it out oh no wow yeah but no no one write that script actually i'm sorry no i'm gonna open up final draft uh, as soon as we're done with this podcast no nobody steal my idea <laughs> i would say you know like throw in like you said 2021 have some sort of controversial climactic moment in there and have the what's left of the movie kind of trail off from that whether it's i don't think this is a movie that has to necessarily turn out to be a you know a success story in terms of the characters but if you portray it the right way you know th these characters can still fail and it still works as a movie it doesn't have to be yeah you know, everyone has to triumph at the end of it but i'm very interested to see you know the dynamic between brad pitt and dan Idris and you know kind of how they portray that like you were saying the elder statesman who never kind never quite got there is suddenly in position to win a title but he has the conflict of maybe the guy that he's trained is also right there with him in the points well uh this is all the time we have so we'll just have to watch that movie when it comes out listen 
you two can come stay with me in LA. And if we don't like what happens, we can drive right down to Beverly Hills and give Mr. Pitt a piece of our minds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right. Well, uh, that is all the time we have here (laughs) for the Pitt Straight. But that's not the only podcast that Front Stretch has. Pay attention because coming out pretty soon is the next installment of Front Stretch Happy Hour. And listen, if you want to know what it's like to be at the racetrack for Front Stretch with some of these guys, it's pretty much just like that. Adam, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. I on For legal purposes, I will recuse myself from your previous comments, but I appreciate you having me on, <laughs> and I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Always a good time. <laughs>